chapter 38, verse 36. Job 38, 36, beloved people. Job 38, 36. How awesome the pillars, when he says, I will build a pillar. God now wants to build a pillar, and look at what the Lord is going through. He chooses exceptional skills, exceptional power, exceptional intellect, exceptional abilities, exceptional giftings, exceptional knowledge, exceptional understanding, exceptional dexterity, exceptional processing, to be able to process things, to process bronze, process melt them, smelt them. Huh? How powerful, beloved people. Job 38. Verse 36. And he says, Who endowed the heart with wisdom and gave understanding to the mind? That is Jehovah. Isaiah 28, 26. Isaiah 28, verse 26. He says, Isaiah 28, 26, he says, His God instructs him and teaches him the right way. Wisdom for generating things, for inventing things. This is what was required to build pillars. And this is what the Lord required to build the pillars in heaven. When he meets the overcome, I say, ah, on this one now, I cannot use the regular builders. I need a special import of the skill, somebody has to come from out and come and now build this pillar. And has to have exceptional of everything. Exceptional power, exceptional wisdom, exceptional skills, exceptional everything plus dexterity of hands. And we know who that is. Coming now on a special mission, the Holy Spirit. But in this Solomon temple, you can already see the catapulting how he has already now trajected out. He has shot out the building of the pillars and the value and treasure of the overcomers before God. Hey. The book of Exodus 24. Why is he doing this? Why does he want to raise them before him? Exodus 24 verse 4. Exodus chapter 24 verse 4. And they had to put the tree of life. Over there. Exodus 24, verse 4. What does it say? It says, Moses then wrote down everything the Lord said. You can imagine the skills of writing. Everything, the skills of writing the things of God. Which is totally different from your regular writing abilities. The things of God are tremendous. So, Moses then wrote down everything the Lord said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent the young Israelite men and the right to offer the offering of the Lord. Look at that. Otherwise, he now builds 12 pillars, and each pillar is representing each of the 12 tribes of Israel. 
And that also represented their standing before the Lord. How the Lord considers them. They are pillars for him. For him, he looks at them as pillars. It speaks about what they are to Jehovah Yahweh. And the pillars are set up around the altar of the Lord where sacrifice, worship takes place. So Solomon's pillars, very beautiful, Hakim and Boaz, representing the cloud that was ahead of them, ahead of them in the wilderness, all the way. One of them represents that cloud, ahead of them all the way. And the other represents the fire of God that showed up in the night. The cloud that always guided them, navigated them, hovering in front of them, leading them through the wilderness, taking them to the place of worship. And the other pillar, the fire that was called down from heaven. In the night, fire that came down from heaven. Because in the dream, the Lord said, in the recent dream, he said, they were doing so. They were doing the same thing before the Messiah came, both of them. Solomon's pillars, to hold up the temple, to bolster the temple, to buttress the temple, to bear the temple, to prop up the temple, to reinforce the temple, to beautify the temple, to broadcast the temple, to publish the temple, to defend the temple, to give the temple a standard to differentiate from other gods and other houses of worship. To hold up the temple, to bolster the temple, to buttress the temple, to bear the temple's weight, to bear it, hold it, to prop up the temple, to reinforce the temple, to beautify the temple, to broadcast the temple to the world, that when the light shines on the bronze like gold, it glitters the glamour to publish the temple abroad, to defend the temple, and to give the temple a standard, the standard of God, to tell all the other religions, tell all the other things, this one is like this. This one stands like this. This is the benchmark for this one. This is the standard for this one. This one is different. Then you can imagine for yourself what the overcomers will do in the temple of God Almighty in heaven. And by setting a standard in the temple of God, the overcomers now will set an example. They will set the benchmark of worship there. There will be an appetite. There will be a grade, a quality, the yardstick of worship in the temple. I repeat again. Let me repeat the whole and then I'll focus on the standard they are in the temple of God, the overcomers. To hold up the temple, those pillars are to hold up the temple of God, to bolster the temple, to buttress the temple, strengthen it from down there, the footing, to bear the temple, to prop up the temple, to reinforce the temple, to beautify the temple, remember brass and bronze, beautiful, to broadcast the temple abroad, to publish the temple abroad to those who are far to see, to defend the temple because they were at the door, and to give the temple a standard. And under the standard, that is an example.
example of worship in the temple, to set a benchmark of worship in the temple, to become an archetype for the worship in the temple, to become the great, the gauge of worship in the temple, to set up the quality of worship in the temple, and to become the yardstick of worship in that temple. How awesome, beloved people, the overcomers, when he saw them, no wonder when he saw them, he said, this is too awesome, I will be in the temple. I will build a pillar. I must build a pillar here. I must build a memorial with these ones here. These ones must be in the house forever, never to leave it again. Right? And Moses in Exodus 24, verse 4, he raised up some 12 stone pillars before the Lord and sacrifices there, and the cloud of God comes there. Meaning, presenting them before the Lord. And now you see, he says, for the overcomers, when the storms of the apostasy rage on, and they remain standing, unshakable, he says, these ones are too awesome. They are so awesome, I must build a pillar. And when they enter into the house as pillars, now they remain in the presence of God eternally, which represents what they are to God. They are standing before God, and what they represent to God. What they represent before him. Hey. What they are to God Yahweh. And they are next near, they are all around the altar. So you can imagine. The worship is taking place there. They are represented there. Those, the tribes of Israel were represented, meaning these overcomers are now also represented in the process. In the presence of God himself. How awesome to fight and struggle and strive by the help of the Holy Spirit to become an overcomer in the house of the Lord. And he promises them those bounties, those wonderful tokens of reward I began with. He comes out in this life and gives them their rewards right away. He says, when you come, I'll give you this one here. It's no secret. So God still us. What lessons from Solomon's temple? Number one, there are two pillars of brass, and they're beautiful. They shine out that color and distinguish from the rest of the material of the temple. Number two, they represent a covenant with Jehovah, an everlasting eternal covenant with Jehovah. Number three, one represents the cloud of God that went ahead of them in the day. And the second represents the fire that lit up in the night to give them light and to protect them from their enemies. And all the animals ran away when they saw the fire. The Egyptians ran away when they saw the fire. One pillar represents Moses, the friend of God. In other words, represents the law, the law. The law of God, the Ten Commandments. The other pillar represents the prophet. The other pillar represents Elijah, the greatest prophet of God, who symbolizes the prophet. The fire that came in the night and lit up. The fire that came down from heaven in the night and kept away the enemies of Israel. The animals ran away. And the lamps 
stand in the temple represents the Lord of all the earth. The pillars became the beautification of the temple, the bronze, the decoration. Pomegranates representing the tree of life are saved. This is a serious thing, beloved people, when the Lord says, for them I will build a pillar. I will build a pillar. I have to. How about the significance of all this now to you? As we summarize this, what is the significance to you? In other words, you hear the Lord calling all people, all Christians of this generation, God is calling them to become faithful pillars in the house of the Lord. He's calling all Christians to stand firm, unshakable, dedicated, committed, unwavering, unfolding, unfaltering, to become steadfast within the raging storm. That you may become overcomers, and then you may become the faithful pillars in the house of Jehovah in heaven. That is the message to the church that is listening to me now. That all of you are being called on to become those beautiful pillars that will require the skillful one to come out on a special mission with special dexterity, with exceptional power, exceptional cunning, exceptional inventor, exceptional in skills or invention, the artmanship, the artmanship, the skillfulness, the craftsmanship, all these now exceptional in the house. He is calling you to become an exceptional Christian that you may be able to become an exceptional pillar in the temple of your God in heaven for eternity into the eternity of the eternity. That you may serve to support the house of the Lord. That you may be the source of the strength of the house of the Lord in heaven. That you may be its backbone. That you may be its bread to profit her. And for you to become a pillar as a Christian, what you need to do, then you need the following. This is now the message to the church. Those who want to become overcomers. Second Timothy, beloved people, chapter 2. For you to become that pillar, what do you need to be? Second Timothy, chapter 2. Again, the book of Second Timothy Beloved people, chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Second Timothy 2, 19-22, says the following. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, filled with the inscription, the faith of God, the Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness, from sin. Other versions say from sin. Must be part from iniquity, according to King James. And he says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, and some for ignoble purposes. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, from sin, he will be an instrument for noble purpose, made holy, 
useful to the master and prepared to do any good work, including the pillars in the house, the temple of the Lord in heaven for eternity. Good works here and there. So what is he saying there, people? How do you become that pillar as a Christian? Number one, he says, Second Timothy chapter 2, 19 to 22, meaning you must be built upon the solid foundation of the rock. That's what he says here. The solid foundation of the rock. So those pillars you see standing, when the storm rages, the storm of apostasy, the storm, first of all, let's begin with the physical pillars. Let's say a tsunami, a hurricane, an earthquake passes through an area. And then you see that all the buildings are flattened down. Then you'll only see one or two buildings probably ravaged. And then you see the, col- the column, the pillars standing. You see their pillars standing. If the storm was so bad, you see their pillars still faithfully standing. They are erect. They are standing vertical. They have not gone horizontal. Those pillars standing, they speak a lot about the quality of the pillar itself. That is the testing of the pillar, the storm. It is the storm that tests the pillar, the saltworthiness of the pillar, the seasoning of that pillar. And when you see that after a huge earthquake or a tsunami or a hurricane, the buildings are down, but the pillars remain standing in the four corners or wherever, then it speaks so much about during the building of that column, the building engineer dug deep and reached the rock, the foundation stone at the foundation of the earth. He reached the rock that makes up the foundation of the earth, then he launched the foundation of that pillar from down there. So my question to you as a Christian is this. Have you launched your Christian salvation upon the foundation, the rock that is the foundation of the earth, whose name is Christ Jesus, the rock of all ages? And you can almost tell that a majority of churches, the answer is no. Because of the way they are faltering, they are wavering, they are non-committed, they are not faithful. You can just say they are not launched on the rock. It's obvious. You don't need an answer. So, the solid foundation of the pillars. And number one, I said, Second Timothy chapter 2. The solid foundation of the rock. The solid foundation of the rock, number one. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Number 2, the book of Psalms, 118, verse 22. Psalms 118, 22. That every pillar that will stand for God the Father to come and find it standing and decide that this one is too awesome, I will build a pillar in my temple in heaven. Every single pillar that stands, every overcomer that stands, is indeed launched on the rock, the rock that is the foundation of the earth. Psalm 118, beloved people, verse 22. Psalm 118, 22. He says, 
and all these things will be given unto you. So the reason they remain standing, when the storms of apostasy are raging, when the storms of immorality and falsehood, false preachers, false gospel, modern gospel, modernism, modern Christianity, lukewarm Christianity, deception, lies, false prophets, false apostles, immorality, heavy storms raging, the reason they remain standing is because once they are launched on the rock that is the foundation of the earth, the rock that is Jesus, then now their prioritization has changed. Their priority is totally reconfigured. They seek first, you see, they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when the Lord looks at them at the end, as the storms are raging, he says, these ones are too awesome, I will build a pillar. I must build a memorial pillar for memory, for a memorial, for a covenant, for a witness, for a lasting witness, a lasting covenant, for ornamental value in my house. And you see, Matthew 6, 19, 20, 19, 24 applies. Second Peter 3, 18. All these apply, beloved people. The support. The support stone. And they support one another. So when you see them in the church, then you understand what Matthew 25, 1 to 13 stands for. When you see the pillars in the church, they are busy supporting other members of the church to make them have the light, have the oil. Make sure if you see Jesus, you see the Holy Spirit also. They are support. They are the pillars in the house. So shall they be pillars in heaven too. They are the light in the house. They are the ones building it to full stature. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 9 to 16. To full stature, to the height of Christ. So, in the same context, he says, And I'll write on them the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven for my God, and I'll write on him my new name. So what does it mean that these pillars now bear the name of God? Number one, when they're on the earth here, which means to bear God's name, you must bear his identity. You must bear his eternity. You must bear his honor. You must bear his glory. You must bear his majesty. You must bear his authority. You must bear his character. You must bear the heritage of God, the identity of God, the heritage of God. You must bear God's identity. You must bear God's eternity. You must bear God's honor. You must bear God's heritage. You must bear God's character. You must bear God's authority. You must bear God's majesty. You must bear God's glory, God's honor. These are the things that characterize the people that become overcomers. Thank you very much, beloved people. I know that the Lord will bring me back to you whenever the Spirit of the Lord allows the truth to minister again. And yesterday they had such a tremendous conversation. It's a non-stop conversation about eternity. And one goes to heaven, comes, talks to the earth, and so forth. Sometimes both. This is what it means to be an overcomer, beloved people. Those who want to receive the Lord say, Precious Jesus, I 
repent today. I repent that I have not been an overcomer. I repent that in the process of living on this earth as a Christian, instead the world has overcome me. But now, Lord Jesus, I cry unto you, please now make me an overcomer of the world, that I may subdue the world, that I may subjugate the world, that I may conquer the world. I receive you once more in my heart. I receive you right now in my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you to establish my salvation as a pillar, an unshakable pillar that will catch the attention of God the Father, that no matter the storms of this life and this world, I may remain standing and inherit the eternal kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and all the wonderful rewards that God has promised the overcomers, and all the wonderful tokens and rewards that you have promised those that will overcome. Let me resolve and have a total resolve against this world that nothing left or right, forward or back, will ever waver me and dissuade me from this mission. That I'll walk the course in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask you to anoint me with the Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again. Amen. Thank you. The Lord bless you, beloved people. I have seen the Messiah coming. I've also seen the glory of the Lord coming. May the Lord bless you. Tudah. Tudah rabah. Bokir tu. Tudah.